When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are too often forced into dualities and we are being told that you can either care for the refugees or you can care for your nation, the safety of your nation, the security of your nation. So it seems like we only have two choices. But I'm saying that is wrong. We don't have to accept this dualistic way of looking at the world. You can love your country. You can be a patriot. You can you know, have a strong emotional attachment to the land of your ancestors, to the culture of your ancestors. And yes, you can care passionately, you know, uh, sincerely about the safety and security of your nation. And at the same time, you can care about the refugees. You can care about what's going on in Afghanistan, in Syria. You know, what women are going through there, what minorities are going through there. So the word I want to talk about today is refugee. And compared to most of the other words that I have been exploring, talking about on this YouTube channel, the word refugee is actually a relatively recent word. It has a very interesting pedigree. It takes us back to 17th century. Back then, there was an influx, a flow of migrants crossing the channel coming from France. The Protestant minorities known as the Huguenots in France escaping death and violence under a Catholic monarchy. They came over here and they gave us also the word refugee in the English language. Today, of course, there are so many artists, writers, journalists, workers, people of all walks of life and disciplines who can trace their family origins back to the Huguenots. And these people have contributed so much to culture and society and the economy. It's also interesting uh, that there are these stunning descriptions of the Huguenots and how they arrived uh, on boats families, children and women making, daring to make a very dangerous journey and crossing the sea, crossing the waters. And those scenes, those descriptions are quite reminiscent of the scenes that we are witnessing today. But of course, we have forgotten history. Forgetting is easy, amnesia is easy. And today, we almost exclusively associate the word refugee with people coming from outside of Europe. You know, we associate it with non-Western uh, communities. But all I'm saying is, it wasn't always so. I am interested in this range of words, immigrant, exile, expat, belonging, non-belonging. They're all issues that are very close to my heart. And before I want to move forward, I also want to share with you an observation that I have. When we talk about people, let's say foreigners living in Turkey, such as Americans living in Turkey, Spanish uh, people living in Turkey, we use the word expats. But when it's vice versa, we almost never use the word expats. So expat is a word used mostly for Westerners. But when, it's, when it comes to non-Westerners, 
we um, look for other words. We look for words like refugees or migrants or immigrants. That's very interesting to me. Um, but as I said, there's a, there's a whole range of words. How do we differentiate? And there is a legal distinction that is important. The word migrant is usually um, used for people who want a better life, who want to give their children a better life in economic terms. Whereas in the case of refugees, there's a life and death issue. These are people who have to escape, you know, persecution and violence and extreme conflicts. So there's an urgency uh, to their displacement. And I think that is a very important distinction to keep in mind. But I'm going to take a step further now. And there's an author, a philosopher, a thinker whom I respect a lot, who has said so much about refugees and whose works, whose words are very relevant today uh, even more than ever before, and that person's Hannah Arendt. Of course, she herself was a refugee, escaping the Holocaust as a Jewish, as a German Jewish intellectual. And when she was in America, she wrote a piece, an essay called We, the Refugees. And it's very interesting because she says, first and foremost, we don't like to be called refugees. We want to, you know, between us, among us, we call each other's each other newcomers or immigrants sometimes, but she's not very fond of the word refugee, uh, and I understand that. But fast forward, I think what is important today to remember that after the Second World War, there was an urgent need to talk about the most basic human rights to look for a sense of belonging, a safe space. And it's not a coincidence that in late 1940s and early 51, with the Convention on Refugees, all of that was put into words and into our legal codes. But today, unfortunately, there is a big tension between people who want to uh, embrace the universal human rights of refugees, of every human being, to seek asylum if they are if they fear for their lives, if they are under urgent threat um, of violence. So people who understand those basic human, universal human rights and some, especially demagogues, who want to ride these populist, nativist, isolationist and tribalist waves that we are seeing in country after country today. We are too often forced into dualities and we are being told that you can either care for the refugees or you can care for your nation, the safety of your nation, the security of your nation. So it seems like we only have two choices. But I'm saying that is wrong. We don't have to accept this dualistic way of looking at the world. You can love your country. You can be a patriot. You can you know, have a strong emotional attachment to the land of your ancestors, to the culture of your ancestors. And yes, you can care passionately, you know, uh, sincerely about the safety and security of your nation. And at the same time, you can care about the refugees. You can care about what's going on in Afghanistan, in Syria, you know, what women are going through there, what minorities are going through there. It always frustrates me to see how there's this notion of realpolitik. Uh, you know, realpolitik makes us think that if you want to make a good omelette, you can 
crush, break a few eggs. It's, it's okay. There are casualties. And always those casualties are women. Always casualties are minorities, as we have seen in Afghanistan. So we don't have to accept this dualistic way of thinking. You can have strong local attachments and emotional bonds with your country, but at the same time, be a citizen of the world. I think that is possible. And the final thing that I want to add is that we always look at refugees as an abstract generalization or just numbers. And when we do that, we don't feel much. We can't empathize much because numbers bring numbness. And we have to unpack that numbness. In order to connect, we need to know people's stories, their pain, their hurt, their dreams. And when we do that, we realize actually the people we've seen as the other is not they're not that different than than me than us you know i am i am the other actually you know the other is my sister the other is my brother so in order to make that intellectual journey and to be able to connect and empathize i think we do need to know each other's stories at the end of the day of course there are lots of political reasons why we talk about refugee crisis and why it's creating um, so many emotional debates. But I think there's a psychological dimension to it as well. We, we look at refugees and sometimes we pity and sometimes maybe we fear. We fear that one day we too might become refugees. We fear that our lives are also quite vulnerable, you know, more fragile than we assumed. And don't forget that we are going to have more and more climate refugees as the climate crisis is going to unfold. So all I'm trying to say is, next time you talk about a refugee family, please bear in mind that it could have been you and it can be you. This is not a problem that is reserved for only one part of the world or that part of the world. We're all in this story together. And I think it's better if we understand that as human beings, we are interconnected. Our stories, our destinies, and yes, our happiness, they're all interconnected. So